pure evil. That's what an authority called the shooting at a church in Orange County, California last Sunday. But a medical doctor in the church, a doctor who died in the shooting, portrayed most poignantly the life of his Savior, whom he loved. Medical doctor John Chang was a hero Sunday afternoon. Police say the shooter, born in mainland China, grew up in Taiwan, didn't like Taiwanese, moved to the States. The shooter went to the Irvine Taiwanese church with forethought and preparation. Molotov cocktails, loaded handguns, superglued the locks, chained the doors, entered Dr. Chang. He lunged at the shooter and was fatally shot. As the sheriff says, Dr. Chang gave his life so others could live. What a testimony to Jesus Christ. Then Buffalo, an arrested white teenager bought into the Great Replacement Theory, that notion white Americans being deliberately replaced through immigration. Pure evil remains. For true Christians, we show Christ's love. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris here, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. And we're in a series this week called Unplanned. There are so many ways the Lord shows us what He values, what He cares about and how he calls us to think about his world. Sometimes he just says it. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. He cares about our allegiance. He wants us to love and serve only him. We were made for him, and only in him can we find true joy and purpose. So when he says, thou shalt not kill, he shows how much he values life. He's the creator. He's also the giver of life. And he wants people to not only live, but to live life abundantly in Jesus. If you've heard our program over the past couple of days, you know we've been talking about the issue of abortion in light of the movie called Unplanned. The movie tells the real-life story of Abby Johnson, who thought she was helping women live full lives when she ran a Planned Parenthood clinic in Texas. But then there was the day she witnessed an abortion. It was watched on an ultrasound, and it changed her heart and mind about the issue. She saw the humanity in a little life that was taken away. Well, today, we're going to see how Jesus talked about the importance of two births, our first birth physically, and then our second birth spiritually. And we'll also hear from a young woman who almost died at the hands of an abortion doctor when her mother was only six months pregnant. She went to him, and I'm unsure to this day of her full intent in that, but she went to him and the abortionist delivered me at six and a half months, and I wasn't breathing when I was born, and he advised her to let me die on the table. Sarah Zagorski will be back with us in a moment to share from Louisiana how the Lord spared her life and brought her redemption in Jesus Christ. After the program, I want to invite you to make contact with us And for your minimum gift to Haven today, we'll send you the DVD that tells Abby Johnson's story in a very powerful way. The movie is R-rated. It really doesn't deserve that rating. Here's how one of the co-directors of the film, Chuck Konzelman, described the strange irony about this rating. The R rating created this this upside down, down the rabbit hole situation where uh, in California, a 15-year-old girl can go, for that matter, a 13-year-old girl, a 12-year-old girl, can go get an abortion without her parents' knowledge or permission, but she can't go see the movie that contains the, the idea of abortion. 
Yes, the rating is due to a couple of scenes dealing with abortion. I'm not saying this is a movie to be watched by young children. But it is important for teens and adults, Christians especially, to see, to better understand the reality of abortion and its effect on our lives. More importantly, it shows how one can find redemption no matter your past experience with abortion. Here's the number to call after the program. You decide that's what we're asking you to do in asking you to watch this movie. Call us at 800-654-2836. 800-654-2836. Our web address is where you can also go to watch the movie trailer and then get the DVD there at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. Haven Today opens now with Paul Belosh and a Sovereign Grace song. I once was lost in darkest night Yet thought I knew sin that promised joy in life had led me to the grave I had no
All I have is Christ. Paul Balash here on Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris. Thank you for being with me on this third day in a program series, a very serious program series called Unplanned. Now, before we go to God's Word to hear his thoughts about birth and also life, I want you to hear the story of Sarah Zagorski. I want you to hear how the Lord worked in her life. And it all began when her mother was six months pregnant. When my mother was pregnant with me, um, I was her seventh pregnancy, and the pregnancy was the result of an affair. Um, And on top of that, she was mentally ill, diagnosed with schizophrenia, and the kids she already had were in and out of foster care before I was even born. So she had a bad situation before I even came into the picture, but she became pregnant and she was advised to, uh, to a friend to seek the help of a, what, they, what she thought was a cheap doctor. That's what he was known for, being low cost, which was important for her because she lived in poverty in New Orleans. And she went to him and I'm unsure to this day of her full intent in that, but she went to him and the abortionist delivered me at six and a half months and I wasn't breathing when I was born and he advised her to let me die on the table. Thankfully though, um, she fought back and she threatened to sue him uh, if he didn't get any medical attention. And the interesting about that that I've learned since then is that particular abortionist was already has legal trouble because of performing botched abortions in the past. So I think that legal threat is possibly what saved my life. From there, I was sent to Children's Hospital and I was put in their trauma ward there until I was well enough to recover. I did go home and live with my mother until I was put in foster care for the first time at 16 months. I was put in foster care because abuse and neglect were found in the home by the state and the state wanted to work with my mother to try to help her um, kind of clean her life up basically so that she could keep her children uh, because the goal of foster care is reunification always, to have the child reunited with the birth mother. And I did go back home Um, And I lived there, and unfortunately those were pretty dark days just because I had older siblings who were abusive, I had a stepfather who was abusive, and I was a target also in my family because I had a different father than the majority of my siblings, so uh, they kind of saw it as an opportunity to, I don't say discriminate, but discriminate on me in a way, and that is how it started. Well, I ended up in the home I was in because my birth mother actually knew my foster care parent through church. She had started attending the same church that my foster parent was at, foster parents were at. And um, I was very sickly, so I needed a lot of medical care. I ended up contracting uh, tuberculosis from my stepfather. Um, Interestingly, I was the only one in my family to contract it, um, but I then needed uh, medications for, it was a year and a half, and my mother couldn't afford that, um, so my foster parents took me in again at that point and provided that care. You know, the family I had, I feel very fortunate because I know this isn't everyone's story in foster care, but this is what was beautiful about it, is they were committed to me no matter what. If they didn't get to raise me my whole life, they were going to accept that. You know, they loved me, they loved my mother, they loved my whole family. You know, some of my memories with them um, are them bringing food and supplies to my family when we didn't have anything. So they were trying to help us as a whole, and they really did what want what was best for my mother, even if it meant they lost me in the end. And it's that sacrificial love that really came through um, that saved my life, in my opinion. You know, the reality is, I think the pro-life community, the Christian community, communities of faith need to look at the realities of what children are going through. And there, children, there are children that grow up in poverty that experience abuse at a very young age. There are mothers who be, are not capable of raising their children. Um, and I think we need to look at that and say that is accurate. However, 
Abortion is not the solution for that. Adoption is the solution for that. And that's some of the work I do now is promoting adoption and saying, adoption saved my life. When you provide abortion as a solution, you are giving a limited perspective. Your, your capacity to love is even limited because you're saying that I can only love a child in the perfect situation and there's no other way for this child to have a good life. And, um, you know, in my case, it was very painful and very difficult in the very beginning. Um, and it was difficult all the way up until my adoption when I was nine. I was in care for almost eight years. Um, but the rest of my life has been amazing. And I feel like I can't, I can't imagine if I wasn't here today because I was aborted, you know? It was that my mother's choice in the very beginning that made everything else possible. Well, you know, for me, my personal story with Christ and my walk with Jesus started really young. I was in a place of desperation when I cried out to him. Um, I, he really revealed himself to me at a very young age. And that was because I was introduced to him through my foster care family. They would like read devotionals with me every night. So when I went back to my birth family, I had that you know, beginning faith to reach out to God and ask for his help. And he showed up for me in some very powerful ways. Uh, during those those years, I was, I was really suffering. Um, and I really came to know the suffering Savior, you know, that Isaiah 53, the, the Savior who um, was despised and rejected by men. Like I got to, I, I fell in love and began to know him and walk with him. Um, and that's kind of the beginning of my story. And I've, you know, I, faith is a process and it's a wrestle, the wrestle sometimes. And I had to wrestle with my faith when my sister overdosed. I had to wrestle with my faith when my birth mother died. She died in 2010. Um, but those things always brought me back to the cross and the sacrifice Jesus gave and the sacrifice um, of, of God, you know, his, his son, giving his son up for the world. And I think that that, always was my motivation and sharing my story is to point to Christ and say, look at what he did. Look what he continues to do in my life. And, and to know too, that there is hope for children that are in foster care or that are suffering, that, that God is merciful and gracious and kind to them. And he was in my life and he can be in their lives too. A special thanks to Sarah Zagorski and her willingness to share her story with us here in Haven today. Sarah works for the Louisiana Right to Life part-time She's married to her husband, David, and they're raising their two-year-old son, Jesse. How precious to hear how the Lord can bring redemption, even from the hardest of situations. This is Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, the program called Unplanned. At the beginning of the program, I shared how the Lord often gives us insight into what he cares about through his word. Sometimes he gives us commands. Other times he teaches us through parables. For example, the Good Samaritan shows us that the Lord wants his people to care about the poor and hurting in the world, to be a good neighbor to others. And today, in this unplanned series, I want us to see that sometimes the Lord shows us what he cares about by how he talks about us. The Gospel of John opens, telling us that Jesus came into the world, was born of a young virgin named Mary. And he was sent to do something. We're told that Jesus came to his own people and was rejected. But for anyone who believed in him, who turned to him by faith, to those people, he gave the right to become children of God. Now, if you know Jesus, the Lord calls you his child. Now, what does that say about what he cares for? It's not enough to be born only once. We have to be born twice to be saved. There's a line taken from John 3, a text that I want us to see together over the next couple of minutes. Jesus' main message to Nicodemus in John 3 was simple. You must be born again. Unless you're born again, you can't see the kingdom of God. 
Of course, Nicodemus thought he was the ambassador of the kingdom. He had come to Jesus that night to let him know that the Pharisees knew who he was and wanted to endorse his ministry. In a way, it could be described as a political move, but Jesus saw right through it. We're talking about a sensitive topic this week. I know that. But one thing we need to get right is that this is not a political issue, and it's not a political move. Jesus cut right through Nicodemus' political posturing, and he sees right through ours. Pro-life, pro-choice, Republican, Democrat, conservative, liberal, one issue, voting. I'm not saying opinions don't have political implications, but I am saying we're missing the bigger picture if we think the question of abortion is only a matter of politics. Just like Nicodemus. We need to learn that there is a spiritual dimension at work. But there's something significant in the fact that Jesus describes our salvation even as a birth. He says it's not enough to be born once. You need a second birth to see the kingdom. Of course, we love to focus on the second birth and what that means. But here's what I find interesting. Without a first birth, there's no second birth. But tying our salvation with our physical entrance into the world, Jesus was telling us something that he wants his people to be born, to grow up, to meet the Lord. Jesus said there is great rejoicing in heaven when just one sinner repents. When someone turns to the Lord away from their sin, which in John 3 means to be born again. When that happens, the Lord and his angels rejoice. Birth is a thing to celebrate, according to Jesus. If I could challenge you right now, what do you think about birth? In the time of Jesus, birth and children were just burdens, sometimes considered unwanted nuisances. Is that how you think of birth? Have you given much thought to the fact that your salvation is described with the same language? Our salvation is all about birth, celebrating birth, and also protecting birth. Our Lord couldn't have saved us without his birth on earth. In that stable in Bethlehem, our Messiah made his entrance into the world. The Lord protected him and nurtured him and made sure he was born at exactly the right time, the right moment, at the right place. Without the birth of our Savior, we wouldn't be talking about a second birth. But he was born to give his life as a ransom for many. He died for our sins. All the times we've failed to care about what he cares about. All the times we've elevated our own understanding above his. All the times we've acted with our own interest in mind, neglecting to consider if the Lord has something to say about it. And that means there's grace. Because while we were sinners, Christ died for us. We all have regrets, don't we? Things we've done that we wish we hadn't. But in the Lord, we find grace that overcomes all our guilt. We find favor and joy that rids us of sorrow and shame. That's the joy of knowing Jesus Christ. That's the joy of being born again. It says something so profound about us that we've been born into the Lord's kingdom. We are his beloved children. We have God as our father. We can walk by faith in the light of his love. And we can walk in confidence that he'll always take care of us. 
we must be born again, because it's only those who have been born twice that know what it's like to truly know life. by Keith Green, way back, (laughs) not so far back for me and you maybe, but way back in 1977, sung for us today by the second chapter of Acts and Phil Kage, a song of joy, a song of life, the Easter song, just makes me want to sing. And I did. This is Haven Today in a program called Unplanned. I want you to rejoice in the true story of how Abby Johnson came to celebrate life. She thought she was helping women have better lives. But 10 years ago, her life was changed forever when she was called in to participate in an abortion at Planned Parenthood for the very first time. And it changed her heart and mind about the issue. She saw the humanity in a little life that was taken away. The scene is hard to watch. My wife had to turn her head, but unplanned. The movie also shows how God can change hearts on the matter of abortion, and even bring redemption. I realize you need to decide for yourself whether to watch this movie. We've never offered an R-rated film on this program. But let me tell you, the R rating has nothing to do with language or sexuality. Yes, it's not for small children. It actually shows Hollywood's bias and in an apparent attempt to hinder the movie release. But I know Unplanned will help Viewers see the humanity in an unborn child and show you through Abby Johnson's true life story that healing and forgiveness 
are available from the Lord for all who've been affected by abortion. Here's our number to call right now. Decide for yourself. 800-654-2836. 800-654-2836. And on our website, we've put up the trailer to the movie. And you can choose to get it for your minimum gift to the ministry that way. Haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. I'm Charles Morris. Thank you for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow? When again, we'll be sharing together the great story, It's All About Jesus, here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Humble people are inspiring people, but humility is so hard. Humble yourself before the Lord, James says. He will lift you up. What a promise. But what does it mean? Humble yourself means submitting to someone else, letting their heart determine your heart. Sounds great, but how do we get there? Two words, before, Lord, in front of, not hiding, not fighting, submitting in full, and to whom? The Lord, humbly submitting to him in his word, lowering ourselves daily, not preoccupied with ourselves, our wants, our status, not exalting ourselves over others. It means thinking about yourself less, turning away from self, Turning to Christ is the way of humility, and it's the way to find true glory. Get Anchor devotional in print monthly. Visit getanchor.com.